0: Good morning, everyone. Today, we conclude our series on who needs Christmas. Welcome to those who are joining us online. Pastor Matt did mention that it will be 11 years until Christmas is on a Sunday again. I don't know if you know it, but the formula is 11, 6, 5, and 6, and then 11 again. So Christmas will be on a Sunday in 2033. And then six years later, 2039, and then five years later, uh, 2044, and then 2050, and then when I'm 101 years old, Christmas will be on a Sunday in 2061. So now that you have that all figured out, um, it's just important things. So who needs Christmas. Well, two weeks ago, we talked about how the world needs Christmas, that God so loved the world. The world needs to be reminded that God loves them and that he's coming back for them, and he wants to make himself known. The world needs Christmas. God wants to rescue this world. And last week, Pastor Mac talked about how God needed Christmas. God needed Christmas to demonstrate his love, to record his love, to redeem us and to fill us. Who needs Christmas? Believe it or not, we do. We need Christmas. Now, most of you know that Thanksgiving is my personal favorite holiday. That doesn't mean I don't enjoy Christmas or Easter. I enjoy those. But For my parents, without a doubt, Christmas was their favorite holiday. And two weeks ago, to much of my surprise, I found out my parents had been celebrating Christmas all year. Every year, I put a wreath on their grave. I went up this past two weeks ago, and the wreath from last year was still on their gravestone. <laughs> I go, well, they've been celebrating Christmas all year. All the other two, they, usually they clean them all up. But for somehow they forgot my parents because I guess they knew they enjoy Christmas. I've been putting wreaths on the graves ever since I was a little kid, earliest I can remember. I never knew my grandfather, my mom's father, I mean my uh, dad's father. He, he died before I was born. And I always used to go up with grandma and my mom and put a wreath on his grave. And then when I was four years old, my mom's father died. So then we started putting a wreath on his grave. And as, you know, the years go by, um, the first thing I do is my mom's two sisters are buried there with my two uncles, so I go there and I put wreaths on their headstones. And then I visit my grandparents, my mom's parents, put a wreath on theirs. And then my grandfather years ago bought eight plots. And my parents are buried to the left. My grandparents are buried to the right. I put a, 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 a wreath on there in case you're wondering. Behind that tombstone is where I'll be laid to rest in case anybody's wondering. But Christmas, I sat there and mom would show her Love through acts of service. She would decorate the house at Christmas. She went over the top. From Christmas to New Year's Day, there was always somebody in the house at night. She loved to entertain. She loved to be hospitable. People were always in the house. She just loved expressing her love through giving service. My dad, he was a gift giver. My dad would express his love by giving gifts as well as receiving gifts. He loved to get gifts. In fact, my dad would start Christmas shopping the day after Christmas for my mom the following year. And all through the year, whenever we went on vacation, he was always picking up something for my mom for Christmas. They absolutely loved Christmas. And as I sat there after putting on the wreath this year, I I just started to reflect upon the memories. But no matter how great those memories are, I wish I could trade those memories in for their physical presence still today. And when I thought about that, I thought that's exactly what God did for us. In Luke chapter 2, he gives us his presence. Never underestimate the importance Of physical presence. I know at funerals, you know, people are always awkward what to say. And sometimes instead of saying something, you you don't need to say anything at all. At a funeral, if you're wondering what to say, just spare yourself. Just your presence there for family members. Speak all their needs to say. Never underestimate the ministry of presence. So in Luke chapter 2, what does God do? He shows us his love by sending himself here to earth in the form of a baby, in the form of humankind. Would you stand, if you're able, for the reading of God's word, Luke chapter 2. And on this week before Christmas, let's do something different. Can we all read it together? In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee, Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior. Stop there. Say that word with me again. Savior. What a beautiful word. That word, Savior, expresses our greatest need. And that's why we are in need of Christmas. When I think of that word, Savior, I think of rescue, hope, love. That's why we need Christmas. Because we needed a Savior Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. You may be seated. By sending his Son, God showed his great love for us. No greater love, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this that one laid down his life for his friend in the giving of his son whom would later die on the cross and shed his blood for our sins. That's why we need Christmas. That's why we needed Christmas. As I was reflecting upon the Christmas story for the past two weeks, And just why do we need Christmas? Well, we needed Christmas because we needed a Savior. I started to look at the Christmas story again and and realize not only did we need Christmas, but we still need Christmas today. Do you know why we still need Christmas today? We still need Christmas today because we need to be reminded that God's love can break through in spite of political obstacles. We need to be... And the first Christmas story tells how God's love broke through despite political obstacles. Now, in those days, Caesar Augustus, he was the emperor, issued a decree... a census be taken. Do you know why he wanted a census to be taken? Because he wanted to make sure all the people were counted. Do you want to make sure he knew why all the people were counted? Because he wanted to make sure he was getting taxes from all those people. Money. It's always about the money. Why did he need the money? Because as Pastor Matt informed us last week, he needed to build those 53,000 miles of road with a hard surface. Every road leads to Rome. He needed The money for the infrastructure. Hey, here's something interesting for you. Has anybody ever wondered why there's a freehold borough and a freehold township? Anybody ever wonder? Anybody know why? Well, in 1919, I think it was April 15th, 1919, there was this great controversy that arose because the outskirts of freehold was basically farmers and then you had the town. And the farmers didn't like how the townspeople were spending their taxes. And there was a proposal to put street lights on Main Street. And all the farmers were upset because they didn't want their tax dollars spent in lighting up Main Street. So in 1919, they formed a, a division between Freehold Township and Freehold Borough. And, and because of infrastructure, and they didn't like how money was being spent. Well, if you didn't like how your money was being spent back then by the Roman government, tough. You you weren't going to separate. The other thing is we know that at this time, Caesar was the emperor. And then there was providences with kings. And we know at this time, there was a king named Herod. He was the governor of Galilee and Judea. Now, King Herod, if you know don't know anything about him, King Herod was a a very evil man, wicked man. He, He was paranoid. And in 14 BC, he had his wife murdered. A couple years later, the two sons from that marriage found out that their father was responsible for the murder of their mother, and then he had his two sons put to death. Do I need to go further? King Herod was always paranoid about someone taking his position. How do we know that? Well, in the very first Christmas story, when the wise men saw the star in the east and they came to him and they said, Where is this one born king of the Jews? King Herod got so paranoid. Come on, you know what he did. He issued a degree after doing the math and ordered every baby boy two and under to be murdered there in the vicinity of Bethlehem because he didn't want any competition. Now think about this. Despite the political greed, despite the political paranoia, the first Christmas story tells us that God's love can shine through despite political obstacles. I say that because Thursday I was down at the network office for our world missions committee. And they were, the committee was just talking about, Fabian, our, our missions director, was just talking about how he heard how the underground church. You know what the underground church is? The underground church are churches in communist countries where they're not allowed to have church. And they have an underground church. And reports are coming out of China how prosperous the underground church is despite the political obstacles. It's prospering. How many know that God can have his love shine through? God can prosper despite political agendas. And I'm reminded come on, somebody, I'm reminded. It doesn't matter if you live in a blue state or a red state. God's love can still shine through despite the political obstacles. That's what the Christmas story tells me. Secondly, on that same line, God's love can break through in spite of geographical obstacles. Isn't it neat how God even used the senses... To fulfill his prophetic words that Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem? That tiny, small village. That insignificant village. Four or four or five miles south of Jerusalem. Now, if a king of Israel was to be, is to be born, don't you think he would be born in the capital city of Jerusalem? If a king was to be born, why not have him born in the capital city of Jerusalem? But God saw fit to have him born in Bethlehem because he was to come from the line of David. We know that from the prophet Micah, but you Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler Over Israel, whose origins are from old and from ancient times. We know he was talking about Jesus, the Messiah. So size doesn't matter. Now, think about Joseph and Mary at the time. They were living in Nazareth. Nazareth was about 75 miles north. And they would have to travel 75 miles down to Bethlehem. A dangerous trip, mountain ranges, and you know, yeah, all all the Christmas cards that you get, seeing Mary ride on a donkey. We don't really know. The Bible doesn't say how she was transported. For all we know, she might have walked those 75 miles not only would Joseph have to pay his money at the census, now he had the expense of the trip. But how many know that size and distance, God's love can still shine through? Despite the political obstacles, despite geographical obstacles, wasn't it the Lord who gave Joseph a dream in the middle of the night? That he needed to leave immediately from Bethlehem and went to Egypt. And isn't it miraculous that the wise men brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh? That gold, frankincense, and myrrh were the very items that they could use to actually afford to trip to Egypt and live there. I'm so thankful that despite geographical obstacles of size and distance, it doesn't matter to God because his love can still shine through. I'm reminded this morning that we're in need of Christmas because God's love can break through in spite of logistical obstacles. Think about that for a moment. The time came for the baby to be born and there was no room for them in the inn. So, where does Joseph have to take her? To a stable where animals would convene. Probably not the most sanitary. And then, when the baby was born, where did they lay the baby? In a feeding trough. Stained and marked with animal drippings. And after giving birth, she didn't have the convenience of her tempopedic bed to lay in, but she had a bed of straw hay to recover. The time came, but despite the logistical obstacles. God's love still shines through and God provides all we need. You know, I often think about that first Christmas and how, well, the nativity scenes of the landscapes make it look so prestigious. The nativity scenes that we set up in our home make it look so cool and neat. And then there's the Christmas cards. Wow, man. I, I don't think I have ever seen a lifelike Christmas card that depicts the manger the way I really think it should be depicted. Now, here's the problem, too. I realized this years ago when going on mission trips, I would come back, show pictures. Pictures don't give the total landscape. And I would always say this pictures don't smell. Pictures don't smell. So you know what I thought of this week? And if any of you take this idea, because I'm going to patent it first. I'm going to develop a scratch and sniff Christmas card. And I'm going to go out to Lancaster County. I'm going to bottle the air out there. I'm going to go to a manufacturer and say, when you scratch this, this is the smell I want to come from the card to remind us of the atmosphere in which Christ was born. Christ's love can break through. If Christ's love broke through a stable. Listen, my friends. Christ's love can break through when your car breaks down and you're sitting at the auto mechanic waiting for the repair. If Christ's love can break through in a stable Then Christ's love can break through when you stop at Wawa for coffee or Dunkin' Donuts or 7-Eleven or Starbucks. How many know that God's love can break through you there to someone in need? How many know that God's love can break through if you get a call from the principal about your child and you got to go visit him? How many know God's love can break through in the principal's office? How many know that God's love can break through? Maybe you're going through a difficult time and, and you've been seeing a counselor. How many know that God's love can break through as you're talking to that counselor? How many know that God's love can break through in a life group? How many know that God's love can break through while you're waiting in the doctor's office? I shared this on a Wednesday night. I didn't share this to the church. I'll share it now. I didn't want to alarm anybody. But back in September, my cardiologist thought that I should have a CAT scan uh, to determine my calcium number, to find out the calcium buildup in my heart. And it was pretty good. But he said, Reverend, you, you need to follow up with a pulmonologist because there's some slightly enlarged lymph nodes around your lungs. Well, that's not what you're expecting here. So I had to make a, an appointment with a pulmonologist. I went into the pulmonologist, and he's asking me, did you ever smoke? No, I never smoked. Well, do you work around chemicals? No. He says, well, let me show you. And I don't really want to see, but he's showing me the x-rays. He says, see the thing that looks like a grape? That really shouldn't be there. And then you have one down over here, and you have one over here. And, and this one really, this is by, by your esophagus, and that doesn't have much room to grow. I mean. And he goes, and the problem with this is it only shows the left side, so we need to send you for a full CAT scan with, with contrast, you know, And you know where your mind goes right away, right? So it was two weeks before I could even get authorization. Then it was another two weeks. So on Thanksgiving Eve day at 2 o'clock, I went up for the contrast. And then the Monday after Thanksgiving, I'm just sitting in the doctor's office, you know, waiting to hear what he's going to. How many know that despite logistical obstacles, God's love can shine through? So I get called into the office. He walks in, and because of his accent, I thought he says, I have bad news, but he says, I have better news. So you know where my mind is already. You know, I said, Well, give me the bad news. He says, I didn't say bad news, I said, Better news. He goes, What appears on the first CAT scan doesn't appear on the second CAT scan. Thank you, Jesus. God's love can shine through even though obstacle, uh, logistical obstacles, you know, even worry, fear. God's love can always shine through. If God's love shine through that manger and all the logistical obstacles that were Sometimes we always think everything has to be perfect for God's love to shine through. Well, my friends, I'm here to tell you, not everything is perfect in life and God's love can still shine through. That's why I'm reminded on that Christmas Day. Why do we need Christmas? We still need Christmas today because we need to be reminded not only does God's love shine through political obstacles, geographical obstacles, logistical obstacles, but how many know God's love can break through in spite of occupational obstacles? And there were shepherds. Living out in the field. Now in the Old Testament, shepherding was sort of this prestigious job. But through the years, it lowered and lowered. And by the time Palestine came, Jesus' time, shepherds in Palestine were looked upon as being the lower rung of the ladder. They were put in the classification of tax collector and dung sweepers. Considered social outcasts, considered unclean, men you just you didn't socialize with, and all the people God chose to reveal that a Savior had been born was those whom society would consider. The lower class, the bottom of the rung, the not respected. And he revealed it, despite of the occupational obstacles. And once they heard, they, they said, "Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, and the Lord has told us about." It. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And then as a result, we read, Then when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said. I thought about this. The lower. Bringing the good news of Jesus. Today. If a king was born, it'd be the royal majesties and the royal palace announcing it, not the street sweepers. And this is what I thought of. If God announced it to the shepherds and the shepherds were obedient to take it to the townspeople, then you know what that tells me today? It doesn't matter your occupation It doesn't matter your status. It doesn't matter the label society places upon you. If God used the shepherds to bring the good news of the Savior, He can use you and me. That's why we need Christmas. To be reminded that no matter who we are, from time to time, I have people come in, and it's happened on a couple occasions. Pastor, would you pray for me I get a new job? I don't like the atmosphere I'm working in. I don't like the people. I don't like the boss. I, I just, I just want to be used by God. So I, I want a different, you know, would you pray that God would give me a different job? And I would sit there very nice and say, well, why can't God use you right where you are now in witnessing for him? Because what makes you think that if you're not witnessing for him now, that when you get a new job, you'll be witnessing then? Because what we do now is what we're going to do later. And, and maybe God has you there for a reason, even though you don't like. God's love can break through occupational obstacles. Pastor Bonnie, you can come. So enjoyed your devotional today, girl. Anybody did devotional today? When she dressed up like John the Baptist. If you didn't get a devotional book, make sure you get one on, on the back. And, and I was thinking, you know, God uses the strangest, not saying the strangest people, you. God uses strangest people like John the Baptist. Who needs Christmas? We did. Today, in the town of David, a Savior. We needed Christmas because we are in need of a Savior. And if Jesus Christ isn't your Savior today, I pray that you would invite him into your life. Invite him into your heart. That you would ask Him to forgive you of your sins, make your peace with God, and let God reveal Himself to you. That's why we needed Christmas. But why do we still need Christmas? Because in this journey of life, there are obstacles. And we needed to be reminded, and we need to be reminded that in spite of obstacles, whether it be political, geographical, logistical, occupational, and there's more others, but that's the ones I pulled from the Christmas story. We saw God's love break through in spite of obstacles. So on this week, the week that leads up to Christmas, I'm wondering, how many of you need a Christmas miracle this week? How many of you need a Christmas miracle? There's an obstacle that just needs, you, you just need God's love to shine through. And as we're reminded of how his love shined through, despite the political climate, despite the geographical size and distance, despite the logistics that everything wasn't perfect, but God's love still shined through. And despite occupational obstacles, there are obstacles that God's love can shine through. I believe it. Would you stand with me if you're able? Thank you, Jesus.